Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is the Steelers Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Steelers Wire editor, Kurt Popejoy. Welcome to the show and a happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners. And just a quick shout out to you all to subscribe for us. Find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Pods, whatever works best for you. Search the Steelers Wire. We're easy to find. The subscribe button is greatly appreciated. Uh, all right, Kurt, there's a lot to unpack with this game against the Chargers, isn't it? <laughs> this is, there was a, a lot that went down in this one. And Tomlin came out earlier today. We're recording on Tuesday here before Thanksgiving. Uh, Tomlin basically came out and blamed the plan. And yeah. I, I don't know. I, I mean, the plan, isn't that the coaching staff's job is to come up with the plan? And maybe he's just kind of telling us that given the personnel they had, the issues, the guys that were out, the guys they had to plug in, all those practice squad guys, maybe he's telling us that now the plan we thought was going to work with these guys didn't really work, right? I mean, what what'd you make of that? Yeah, I, th- I think that's exactly it. I think he overestimated what those guys were going to be able to accomplish. I think he went in with a, especially particularly, you know, we're talking about defense here. And, you know, they, they had so many guys out. And I think he really thought that the, the mix of players that he had available was going to allow him to run their their regular game plan and and they just couldn't. I mean, there just wasn't there wasn't enough talent on the field on any given play. Um, you basically had Cam Hayward out there trying to do everything for much of the game. And and yeah, I I I, I was very you know I was, it was actually kind of a a, a nice surprise um, to hear Tomlin kind of fall on his sword like that because typically it's all about execution for him. You know, everything's about, you know, we have to execute better. Why well, I, I think he recognized that last week, no amount of execution was going to fix the fact that they had, you know, guys they had called up off the practice squad in, in key roles in multiple positions on the field. And you just can't, you can't expect to be competitive um, with what's always worked, you have to you have to find ways to hide those guys, and and he they just didn't do a very good job of it. They didn't they didn't do a good job hiding the fact that their coverage, you know, half their secondary was out. Um, they didn't do a very good job of hiding the fact that they had practice squad guys lining up um, for for snaps at defensive line. They didn't hide the fact that they had, you know, two two reserve at best outside linebackers in place of the maybe the best defensive player in the league so they, yeah there, there were a lot of mistakes made schematically by the Steelers and that's that's not the fault of the players I mean I didn't see any of those guys out there you know not trying they just didn't they weren't good enough for what the the coaches wanted them to do yeah it, it's fascinating because you wrote about on Steelers wire how this you know Pittsburgh played a lot of man in this game against Justin Herbert mm-hmm. and you know, one way defenses can cover their deficiencies is by playing a lot of zone and scheming stuff up and disguising. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm out here in New Hampshire. I watch a lot of the Patriots games. The Patriots played the Chargers and gave Justin Herbert all kinds of problems playing zone defense because they can't play man. Yeah. If they play man, yeah. Jalen Mills has to play corner over there. They don't want that. So they got to play right. zone. And Pittsburgh, what was your take on that, um, Kurt? Like, does Pittsburgh, have they been playing man predominantly this year and why do you think they couldn't mix in a zone was it just 
because they couldn't trust the guys that they had in there to, to execute it. Yeah. And, and they have played a lot more man this year. They haven't blitzed much at all this year They're I think their blitz rate is the lowest it's been in three or four seasons um, because they, because you, when you have Cam Hayward and you have TJ Watt, you don't need to blitz, you know, you don't need to send all those extra guys. You've got Mika Fitzpatrick kind of roaming that, that middle of the field back there. You've got, Joe Hayden, who can still do well against the team's top receiver. Um, and so they really haven't had to commit to to playing a lot of zone, masking coverages. It's been to their detriment some this year. We've already had instances where teams have come out and said they, they felt like they had a pretty good understanding of what Pittsburgh was wanting to do on defense. They're, they're, they're not trying to hide anything. And I think against Los Angeles, what they did was, was try to follow that same formula and playing all that man defense, the biggest thing it did was was it just gave Justin Herbert the backs of the defenders too much. I mean, he you shouldn't have any quarterback run for 90 yards on you. Um, and, and this is taking nothing away from Justin Herbert, but I'm not sure he was really a dual threat guy um, in college. But he looked like Lamar Jackson out there, you know, breaking off runs. And, and, and that was because he would look up and the guys were covered, but he had no real pressure on him. And he saw the backs of a bunch of jerseys and thought, I can run for this. You know, these guys aren't, aren't paying any attention to me. Nobody's spying me. Um, you know, I can, I can make plays on this. The, probably the most disappointing part of this was, was we saw this happen in the first half, and, and we didn't see any halftime adjustments made. Now, I understand it's harder to make halftime adjustments when you have a lot of backups in the game. They don't have the understanding of the defense um, you know, to make those kind of changes. But it, it would have been nice to have seen him blitz more in the second half. Maybe you stick to some some man under and, and you blitz some. Because uh, clearly, Alex Highsmith, you know, had his best game of the year. You know, had a sack and a half. I think that matched his season high in one game. And so he had a, he had a solid game. Um, can't, like I said, keep, keep kind of coming back to Cam Hayward having a pretty solid game. Um but other than that, they couldn't count on any pass rush from anybody. And so maybe they should have blitzed more. Maybe they should have sent some defensive backs, taken some chances, um, especially when you were down big. Why not, you know, why not go after them a little bit? They got bailed out, you know, in the fourth quarter. They got the, they got the interception. They got the block punt. Um, and they were able to get some points on the board in a hurry. But up to that point, uh, the, the defense just didn't have a whole lot in them. And that was, that was definitely uh, something that, that you, you worried about as the game went on. But then at the same time, you wondered, do you try to make big changes when you've got uh, guys out there who aren't accustomed to those roles? You know, Akilah Witherspoon's out there. Uh, he'd only been active in one game um, the entire rest of the season. And you saw when he was on the field, they went after him. Yeah. I mean, they, they threw at him because he, he had no game experience. The fact that he played and Justin Lane didn't, I would be more concerned about what's going on with Justin Lane at this point than a guy who had been that fourth corner um, wasn't on the field. He, I don't think he played a defensive snap on Sunday. And so the fact that a guy who'd been on the practice squad and inactive for that long was suddenly, you know, in the starting lineup, they introduced him with the starters. And, you know, that, that, that tells you about all you need to know about how limited they were on how many, how much adjustments they could make. Yeah. The, uh, the defensive snap chart was, uh, telling when you look at it, oh. go through it and, you know, you know, Trey Norwood never left the field 
He played every snap, yeah. you know, and that's, and that's just where yeah. that's where the Steelers are at. There's a, guy, a lot of guys. Taco Charlton, we talked about him last week, played 64% of the snaps. You can go down the yeah. list. There's all kinds of stuff like that. Here is some fantasy advice from the huddle.com, and then Kurt and I will be back with our questions of the week. This is the Typico Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Wishing everyone a happy Thanksgiving. I'm Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com, here to bring you strong plays for Week 12. Seattle Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson at the Washington football team. It feels weird to include him here because most people will suffer through his struggles, but the star passer has not gotten over 11.3 fantasy points in each of his two games since returning from finger surgery. Wilson doesn't even have a touchdown pass in those two games. The Washington defense has allowed seven quarterbacks to post 27-plus fantasy points in 2021, and five times the signal caller has accounted for three-plus touchdowns. This presents a great chance for Wilson to get back on track. Houston Texans running back Rex Burkhead versus New York Jets. No team has been softer against running backs in the last five weeks than New York. The position has steamrolled this unit, going for 123 rushing yards per game, the second most, and a touchdown every 9.9 attempts. That's the highest frequency. The veteran back saw a team-high 18 carries last week, but he did average 2.2 per tote. That said, 15 to 18 carries versus this defense would make Burkhead an intriguing gamble for your flex spot. Understand what kind of risk you're taking, but it does help a little bit after Philip Lindsay was released. Wide receiver Kendrick Bourne, New England Patriots versus the Tennessee Titans. Bourne has caught four passes in four of the last six games, including two touchdowns, and he has averaged 12.1 PPR points over that span. The Titans have allowed 18 receivers to catch at least five passes in 2021 and 11 players went for 17.4 PPR points or more. The Titans have been one of the toughest teams on the ground versus running backs, which could lead to slightly more passing for Mac Jones. Bourne has wide receiver three or better value in most formats. New York Giants tight end Evan Ingram versus the Philadelphia Eagles. On the heels of consecutive games with touchdowns, Ingram had a great matchup versus Tampa Bay, but was held to only 12 yards on two catches, despite being targeted five times. Veteran tight end Kyle Rudolph hobbled off the field late in the game with an ankle injury and his status for Week 12 is uncertain certain. What is certain? This is the best possible matchup for the position. Philadelphia has granted the most receptions and yards per game to the position, and a touchdown allowed every 10.3 grabs is the ninth highest frequency, coming in the volume of four scores over the last five games. All things Giants passing game amounts to risk, but there's plenty of reward here if you're willing to take the chance. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, this is my favorite segment where I come up with questions for Kurt and don't prep them on him. So, Kurt, you know, I just throw these questions <laughs> at you. You're not prepped. You're just shooting right from the hip. Uh, you know, you're welcome for that, right? That's nice of me. Yeah, to do this yeah, I appreciate that. This is just something I came up with. This is what I'm going to do now. All right, so here's the first one, and I promise there'll be some soft ones here coming up. But here's the first one. I mean, I think we could make the argument that we have a Devin Bush problem. You talked about him last week. Uh, I think this was probably his most uninspired effort of the season. There's some uh, clips on yeah. social media circulating. Um, you know what would you what would you do to fix this problem, Kurt? Right? I mean, over a year removed from the knee injury, not only does he not look quick enough in coverage, it doesn't look like he's 
There are some clips here. It doesn't look like he's mentally firing on all cylinders, right? He's just not yeah. sticking his nose in like he used to. He's not nope. playing with the same instincts. So what would you do if you were if you were in charge? Like, what would you do to solve this? Would you try to bring in competition in the offseason? Would you try to bench him to send a message? Like, what, what's the solution here? I think I would do a little of both. I think I would probably play him fewer snaps. Um, you know, th- there's a school of thought that says, at least when I watch him play, I don't feel like he's playing with confidence. I don't know if he doesn't have confidence in his knee and he's he's holding back a little bit. I mean, you got to look back at his rookie season just complete disregard for his body. I mean, he just went after everybody. And now he's allowing guys to just kind of walk into the end zone on touchdowns. It felt like a a wide receiver trying to make a tackle on an interception or something, you know, making a business decision, you know, Hollywood Brown style, not to, not to even try to try to make a play on the ball. Um, I know if you bench him, you risk, you know, that, that ego type of situation, but the team's got to get the best players out there. You know, you got to get your best 11 on the field any given play. And like I said last week, I'll, I'll stick to the fact that Robert Spillane's not an elite athlete by any means, but he is going to give you 100% on every single play. And that's what the Steelers need right now, especially against the run. You can't have a guy out there who's a liability against the run because there's already so many guys out there that just aren't very stout. You know, at the point of attack, Spillane can do it. I mean, he's going to get in there and he's going to stick his nose in. As far as the offseason, I think the Steelers will will take the approach of year two from an ACL is going to be better than year one um, and probably not make any serious moves to replace him or bring in. You know, they'll probably bring in a veteran, but I think you, you could look stronger at at a guy like Ulysses Gilbert, who's already on the roster, or Buddy Johnson, who's already on the roster, as pushing Bush more in the offseason than anybody they'd want to bring in because um, they're going to be more familiar with the system at that point. But, yeah, I think if you're Bush, you, you have to just limit his opportunities. Put him in positions where he can be successful. Right now, obvious rundowns is not where he's going to be successful. And so why not pull him off the field, you know, put a guy in there who can make a play, who who at least isn't going to hurt you, um, and then and then find some ways to get Bush involved. You know, be effective as a blitzer and and as a pass rush guy. A lot of how they use Vince Williams um, blitzing those inside gaps. Maybe maybe some free runs would be would be something that would give him some more confidence. But yeah, right now he he's not helping the team. You know, he, he's just not. In the area where the defense needs to help the most, he just isn't there for him, and that's that's unfortunate. But yeah, I would definitely definitely make a change this season to try to try to help the team and and let him work out his own stuff. So we're we're talking here on the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, Kurt. Right. So here's a couple mm-hmm. of Thanksgiving questions for you. I usually travel to to see family, and all the foods just cooked for me. I can sit down and eat and watch football. It's like the dream, right? But you know, now my wife and I, we have a two month old. We're not really trying to go you know, do the big, you know, travel and be around a ton of people, even family. We have like these big Thanksgiving parties. We're like, eh, it's just like a little too crazy for us this year. Maybe next year. So now I'm like, do I, am I going to cook? Like, what am I going to do? So it got me thinking like, I might only cook sides, right? Cause I'm not really, cr- I, I don't know if I'm going to try to mess with a turkey that I've, n- I've never done that before. Um, you know, uh, you know, Luke Easterling was telling me maybe there's an app where I can get like a, a cooked turkey delivered to my door. I'm sure there is some freaking. Oh, there's gotta there. be. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I'm thinking about just coming up with some sides. So 
I know what I'm craving right now, but you know, a couple of days before Thanksgiving, what, what sides are you craving the most? Oh, I, I love stuffing. Uh, it's the only time of the year we ever have it. I always smoke all our turkeys and our hams and stuff for all oh, the yeah. family and oh, stuff. Yeah. And that's always good. But for me, I do homemade stuffing and I use Cajun boudin sausage in it. And it's, it's something I intentionally don't make it any other time of year, but Thanksgiving and Christmas, we make it. And, you know, I've been on this diet since January and I am going to eat so much stuffing <laughs> that it's it's going to be ridiculous. It's that's the one thing I'm looking looking more forward to. So good for you. Anything that, with, that's my goatee. Yeah, I was going to say anything with Cajun in the name of it. I'm like all oh man, uh, like it's good on, stuff. It you can, you can keep your green bean casserole. Yeah, you can seriously. keep all that's the that is the Detroit Lions of, <laughs> of side dishes. You can have all that. I give me give me the stuffing and smoked turkey. And I'm good. Yeah, man. Stuffing is uh, is amazing. A little stuffing, a little gravy, all that. Uh, but you know, yep. for me, you know what I need to have in the meal, and I I never eat this outside of Thanksgiving, is the canned cranberry sauce. Like that can- yeah. it comes in the can. Like I I don't even know in the store where you get it, so I'm gonna have to go look for it because I'm gonna I'm, yeah. I'm gonna that's gonna have to be part of it because I love the cranberry sauce. I'm feeling myself craving that part of the meal for some reason. Just mixing it in. And I don't know why yeah. I never eat it. It's only on Thanksgiving week or, you know, with on Thanksgiving or the leftovers. But the canned old school, you know, oh, yeah. yeah, that's I need that. I rib, need that in my life. That's what I'm craving right it's, now. It's uh yeah, it's rib for your pleasure when you take it out of the oh, can. So you got to percent. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want Pinterest cranberry sauce. <laughs> I want I want canned cranberry oh, sauce. Oh yeah, no. None of the none of the new age <laughs> stuff, you know, the stuff people are coming up with the homemade. No, I want the canned. Open the can. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, Luke was saying you want the key, the ridges from the can in the cranberries. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what we're looking for there. Um, <laughs> all right, so this Thanksgiving, uh, some decent football later in the day. But early in the day, uh, Kurt, we could have uh, a Tim Boyle versus Andy Dalton special, <laughs> Lions-Bears. Maybe the worst Turkey Day matchup uh, we've ever seen. Well, who knows? Uh, you know, Time will tell, or it could surprise us. But, you know, every every year it begs the question, should the NFL – strip the Lions of their annual afternoon home game due to futility? Or do you think it's tradition and they should continue to have it? Because every year, the Lions got no wins, one win, two wins. And these are the kind of matchups you end up with more often than not. I think you got to keep them, though. I mean, we're all going to watch. It's going to be terrible football. We're all going to sit there and watch it. it. You can bet on it now, so might as well, right? Yeah, and and it's a short week, so it's bad football for everybody. You know, this is this is the opportunity for the for the Lions to level the playing field, because they they play bad enough on Sundays that you know at least coming into this Thanksgiving Day game, um, the other team hasn't had very much rest either. So we'll we'll, we'll let the Lions have a pass. I really can't say anything because the Steelers tied him. So <laughs> yeah, you know what? They can they get a lifetime pass for Thanksgiving games for me. Yeah, yeah. Steelers fans have seen enough of the freaking Lions. I'm gonna watch them on Thanksgiving yeah. now. We're trying to eat. So, uh, yeah. all right, always fun. Three questions with Kurt uh, coming up next: Steelers Bengals. We'll look at that matchup and the spread and make a prediction. We'll do that right after this. This is the typical sports minute. Let's make this interesting. 
What's up? This is Jeff Clark from the Bet Slippin' Podcast presented by SportsbookWire.com. I'm here with my handicapping homie, Nathan Beagle, to break down this week's Sunday night football game between the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens are favored three and a half. The total is 45 and a half. I'm on the Cleveland Browns getting three and the hook. Football Outsiders actually grades the Browns higher than the Baltimore. I think it could be a get-right spot for Cleveland's offense playing against a banged-up uh, Baltimore defensive line and a banged-up Baltimore secondary. Nate, how do you see this game playing out? So Baltimore averages the most rushing yards per game, and the Browns are giving up more than 165 per game. Give me Lamar in the points. Also, the Browns have not lost by less than three this season. Three and a half it is. That was your typical Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, Kurt, once again, the Steelers, a decent underdog on the road, this time a four-and-a-half-point dog at Cincinnati. And I guess, like, give me your injury report, right? Are the Steelers healthy enough to win a tough division game on the road? Because last week, we can't have a repeat of last week. I'm not going to like their chances. No. I, I, you know what? I, they're going to be healthier. I mean, you're, you're going to get Hayden back. You're going to get Minka back. Um, you know, Ray Ray McLeod went on the COVID list today, so – we uh we won't have him in there, but I mean they'll they'll adjust to that. That won't be won't be a big deal. But uh yeah, I mean it, I, they're still unsure about T.J. Watt. Um, they're not going to have Kevin Dotson back. We don't know if J.C. Hassenauer is going to be back in time to play. Um, sounds like Ebron's going to miss several weeks. Uh, sounds like knee surgery's coming for him. So. You know, they, they brought Kevin Rader up from the practice squad to the 53-man, but it'll be Briar Muth and, and Zach Gentry will we'll carry the load there. I think they're in better shape this week than they were last week. I think the, the absence of T.J. Watt is, is just going to be still a killer for the defense. Hopefully with, with Fitzpatrick and, and Hayden back, they can play a little different in coverage and maybe allow some blitzes to happen. Um, you know, get Norwood out of that starting free safety spot and get him back into that slot corner a little bit. But yeah, I, I think they're going to be in much better shape this week. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not ideal. Your best defensive player is not on the field. You, you hate that. Um, but yeah, I, I like the, at first I wasn't sure why the Cincinnati wasn't a bigger favorite, but. Now that the the practice reports come out and Tomlin seemed pretty optimistic about guys this week, so I, I think it's going to be a pretty good game. Unfortunately, the fact that the Bengals already beat the Steelers this year in Pittsburgh doesn't bode well for Pittsburgh traveling to Cincinnati this week. But these are the kind of games that they win. You know, the games where everybody says, "Oh, they can't win this one." They they that Burrow already beat them once. They're going to beat them again. These are the kind of games that the Steelers come out and find a way to to win them. So. We'll see what happens. Yeah, you know, you're, you're totally right, right? The Bengals got you by two touchdowns earlier in the year. They're healthier. Yeah. They just had a bye. They beat the Raiders last week, but they're, they should be the healthier team. They're at home. They're favored. This is, you know, you have every reason to bet the Cincinnati money line or something, and then the Steelers will come out and, and win the game or lose yeah. it really close. Right? Yeah. That's, that's how yeah. it's going to be. I, I, yeah. I agree 100%. I would almost, I would take a look at the Steelers and taking the points, but I think 
you know, I know, first of all, Steelers fans are probably fast-forwarding to this segment, Kurt, after last week when we made everybody money, when we said, <laughs> just bet the over, don't bet, just bet the yeah. over. Look at all these injuries on defense. I mean, sometimes it's that simple, right? Look at all these injuries on defense. There's going to be a lot of points. Bet the over. Uh, I mean, that was that was easy. That was easy money. That was like we crushed yeah. that one. So good for us. Just quick pat on the back. I'm <laughs> leaning the other way this week. I'm leaning under 45 and a half. I'm too. expecting a dogfight kind of divisional game where you know the Steelers are kind of backs against the wall, battling a little bit of heart. You know what I mean? Like I think they're in it. Yeah. And I don't think there's a lot of points. So I'm I'm actually leading the underway. Yeah, go. Yeah. What do you think? A lot more conservative game this week. Sure. I don't think yeah. you're. Yeah, I don't. I I expect them to look at how they used Najee Harris last week and correct that. And I yeah, I I fully expect this game to to be much lower scoring. I don't know what what's the over under forty and a half or it's, something it's, like uh, that. It's actually forty five and a half. Forty five and a half. Yeah, I I would probably take the under this week. I don't think. I think Pittsburgh is going to answer some, you know, they'll be able to step up on defense a little bit. They're not going to give up 41 again. They're, you know, they're, they're not going to let that happen. I mean, they only gave up well, 24 first time they played the Bengals. So um, yeah, I, I'll definitely take the under at this point. I'm probably not as confident as I was on the over last week, but I still think it'll be a lower scoring game. Same, same. But I would lean under at least. I'd call it a lean instead of yeah. a hammer. I think I said multiple yep. units last week, and I did. Oh, yeah. Good for me. Won some money last week. Yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> I didn't win every bet. Trust me, Kurt. Um, you know, if, you know, if you're if you're playing around on Tipico, I'm, I'm looking at some of the odds. I mean, futures, futures bets, the Steelers now odds to win the AFC North plus 1,000. So, I mean, I, and I don't think they're out of it by any means. I mean, the Ravens, no. the Browns, who do you trust in this? I don't know. Like, the Bengals, do you trust these teams? I don't think the Steelers are out of it. So, if you're a if Steelers fan and you think they got a shot, I mean, this would be a win that could springboard them towards a run at the division. So, you know, sprinkle a little bit on that plus 1,000. It's a nice little line for yep. you. It's a little bonus, little bonus one for you. But, all right, Kurt, the biggest question of the week is uh, what's going on for you and the fam on Thanksgiving? You guys home? Like you said, you're home, right? You you host. We are. Yeah, yeah, we do. You, you got we the do all the going? cooking. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, we'll fire up the smokers, smoke about four turkeys, a couple of hams. We feed a lot of family. My wife's got a big family, so we, we do a lot of deliveries. We do a lot of care packages, Love stuff it. like that. Love that. Then we finally get around to eating dinner about 5 o'clock, but most of our early part of the day is delivering to, to family and things like that. So that's good stuff. Also, it'll, it'll all start tomorrow for me tomorrow. T- cooking starts tomorrow. So I thought my dad was wild. Cause he always has to do a, he has to do a deep fried Turkey and one Turkey in the oven. He always has to do both. Yeah. I thought he was wild, but you got four turkeys. I'll do four. I'll do three in the smoker, one in the oven, and then two hams on the smoker. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot. Of, we go through a lot of food. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, that is that is a Thanksgiving feast right there, man. I love it. That's that's tremendous. So uh, to all our listeners, we appreciate you. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll catch you next week. This USA Today Sports podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.